Welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. How are you, my friend? I hope you and your family are safe and well. Did you get a chance to listen in to my episode last week where I discuss coping with uncomfortable change and small griefs? So much is changing even overnight now in the United States and other parts of the world which previously hadn't been affected. Many people are being diagnosed with the coronavirus now in the U.S., and many are now dying. According to estimates, we could see deaths in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Which to many of us doesn't sound possible, does it? It just seems so surreal. We just can't get our heads wrapped around those numbers. Yet we hear about thousands who have been affected and thousands who have been infected. Many are going through the illness and recovering even though they have had a hard road to regain their health without going to the hospital. But others, especially those with underlying conditions and other health problems, even some without any conditions, are losing their battle with the virus. Many of our older populations, especially those in nursing and assisted living facilities, are struggling to remain healthy. Today, I want to talk to you about something that is an uncomfortable topic. And I hadn't planned on going down this road for quite some time, but I'm feeling like we must address the elephant in the room, which most of us don't want to address. I'd like to speak with you about the possibility of dying. Now, many will say, oh, Mary, don't frighten me or anyone else for that matter. But I'm not one to ignore the obvious. I've always been the one to openly talk about the issues no one else would ever touch. I've gotten myself into more than a few scuffles with family members when I wanted to address a topic no one else would address. 
a topic everyone wanted to ignore. I remember when my uncle's second wife had to bury one of her sons. This was back in the days when AIDS was a hush-hush topic. And I remember saying to my mother, So Stephen died of AIDS? And my mother reprimanded me for saying it out loud. I remember her saying, Now, Mary, don't you go saying that in front of your aunt. Why? I said. Do you not know that Aunt Jenny knows he died of AIDS? So somehow, we're supposed to act like it didn't happen. And that's how I usually got into trouble, telling the truth when everyone else wanted to cover it up. I guess I've never been one to be anything but authentic and genuine, and it's gotten me into a lot of trouble, more than I care to admit. But that's just me. So here we are. Our world is in a pickle, as my grandmother would say. I don't know where that expression came from, but she would always say it when there was a problem. We're in a situation where some of us won't come out of this alive, and no one can tell for certain which of us that may be. We all hope for the best. We plan for the worst. But we can never know, if we do get sick, whether appropriate medical staff and equipment that we might need will be available to us. And we don't know if there will be so many sick people at the same time that we won't have access to what we need to help us recover. It's sort of like in wartime. The medics do the best for our soldiers, but sometimes they don't have what they need in the appropriate time to save us. We become a casualty of war. And so it is with this virus. We just don't know if we will become a casualty of this war. If this virus hadn't happened, perhaps we would have another 10, 20, or 30 years or more to live our life. But now we have no idea what may happen. We are angry that we need to confine ourselves to our homes. We are angry that we are uncertain where the money will come from to pay rent, mortgage, food, utility bills like electric, gas, and internet, our car insurance, fuel for the car to get around. Those are the most essential. And we still don't know how that'll all come together, no matter how much money our government might help us with. So let's talk about the possibility of dying. The elephant in the room. And I'm not only speaking to older populations, because as we've seen, younger doctors, nurses, healthcare workers have died. Young people with other health conditions, even a 25-year-old who had nothing physically wrong, has also died from the virus. So since this seems more random than originally expected, I want to speak with everyone who is now listening to me. And I thank you, by the way, for doing so, because neither of us know when our last day will be. From what I have learned, the virus can come on suddenly and without warning, and it can become pneumonia quickly. And if we have a strong immune system, 
we have a better chance of writing it out at home and recovering after many days. Yet the problem is, we aren't sure if we can recover. So let's look at what might happen if we get to a place where we cannot recover, if we are on our deathbed, or at least think we might be. There is no doubt that most of us are not prepared to die. We think of that happening well into our 80s, maybe even 90s these days. So many people live a long life, and we think we will too. When we hear about people dying young, by accident, illness, maybe even homicide, or other tragic manner, we are often in shock. Young people aren't supposed to die. They are supposed to have long lives. Parents are not supposed to bury their children, no matter how old the parents might be. And children are not supposed to go to the funeral of their siblings. But right now, we need to consider that this may happen. We need to consider that someone we love may not be here tomorrow. We need to consider that you might get a phone call telling you that someone dear to you is close to death. And you also may consider that that person might be you. So how does someone prepare for death? If you have been ill for a while, perhaps you've already done this thoughtful work. You've set up a will, decided what funeral you wanted, wrote notes to family and friends saying goodbye, and telling them anything else you wanted them to know. You made the arrangements for your children to be raised by others you trusted. You've decided where you wanted to be buried. You've decided how your possessions will be distributed. You might have also made a video to leave for them. Yet at this moment in time, we might not have control over all those things. If we die during this virus, we might not even have a funeral, might not have any say on where we would be buried, depending on the number of deaths. We might not even get to say goodbye to our family and friends if we are hospitalized. Like one girl explained in the news, where she was literally given one minute with her fiancé to say goodbye at a window before he died. I felt so thankful she at least got to see him for the last time. There are many others who haven't had this opportunity. And then also, there is the heaven issue. So where exactly do we go after we die? Some people don't believe in heaven. Some people don't believe in God. And I'm always curious about those people. Do they think we just sort of float away? For me, I believe we have a soul which lives in our body. And when we die, that soul and spirit goes to heaven and is reunited with God and the loved ones who had died before us. I've spoken and visited with many people who have had what are called near-death experiences. They've seen themselves above their own bodies as they were being operated on and the doctors were losing them in surgery. They were dying. 
God told them that their work here was not yet done, and they were sent back to earth. And they told me that the people they loved most when they took that journey through the golden light were right there to greet them when they crossed over to heaven. Now you might be thinking that you just can't believe that. But there are countless people who have experienced this, so they can't all be delusional, can they? I remember counseling many parents who had experienced the murder of their children. Others who came after us after my former husband and I were grieving for his 11-year-old daughter. One afternoon, we went to visit Maria, whose daughter had been killed. As we sat on her sofa, the inner front door just slowly opened. And Maria so calmly said that that was her daughter coming to visit. And there was no fear by anyone visiting that day. It was just a sign that her daughter was with us. This happened to us also on several occasions. Several years after Angela had been killed, we were having dinner and my small music box all of a sudden started to play. I hadn't wound that box for at least a year at that point, and all we said was, Hi, Angela. I'm sharing these stories because I believe the spirits of those who have died still live on. So if you are unsure whether there is a heaven, ask God to send you a sign. Then simply be aware of the signs around you. Now let's talk about fear versus faith. There is no doubt that thinking we could or knowing we could die would bring fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of the time it would take to die, fear of the pain we might endure, fear of whether we could survive, fear that we might not survive, and mostly fear that we have no control over our death. The secret here is, we don't. No one knows when our last day will be. No one. So if you think you have any control, I'm sorry to tell you, even if you have all your plans made out, the will written and all the notes ready to go, you will still never know the exact day or minute everything comes to an end for you. One of the most difficult aspects of dying is releasing resistance. We need to come to a place where we consciously decide that if you are to die during this crisis, then so be it. If God has preordained this is your time, then it will be. And if God has not preordained this is your time, then it won't. And if you can get to the place where you are okay with that, if you can consider that you might die alone, either at home or in the hospital, you will have a sense of calm and resolve to live your best life through this. If you fear dying, it will be a very difficult time, not to mention you will suppress your immune system, which you desperately need to retain your health. I realize this may sound really crazy. 
and you might be wondering why you're even listening to this podcast and why you clicked on it. You might be asking yourself, is she really asking me to accept that I might die? Yes, my friend, I am. If you can get to a place where we consciously speak to ourselves and say, well, if this is my time, then this is my time. If not, I will make the most of what time I do have and not squander it or flitter it away any longer. I will create more, do more, learn more, give more. I will make my life count for something. And I will spend time each day visualizing the life I want. You will renew your faith. Not only in yourself, in others, but in God. You will pray again. Perhaps you feel to read your Bible or other spiritual book that guided you before. Or you'd like to learn more about it now. And when you pray, you will simply have a conversation with God. Talk to Him like He is sitting right there next to you. Tell Him all your fears, your sorrows, your hurts, your loneliness. I thoroughly believe He is listening. He created this entire universe just for you. Talk to God daily. Thank Him for all you had and for all you have. For the people in your world, those who serve you, who are kind to you, who love you. Talk to the people in your life. Spend time online if you need to with family and friends. Make sure you tell them how much they mean to you, how grateful you are to have them in your life. And if, by chance, you die during this time, you want them to know how much you love them, appreciated them, admire them, and wish them a long and happy life. And as I used to say to my beloved grandmother, if I get to heaven first, I'll keep a place warm for you. And if you get to heaven first, keep a place warm for me. To this day, every time I think of her, I smile. No one is saying that this will be easy. And none of us knows all the steps leading up to the moment of our death. It is said that the process with this virus is not extended. It comes on suddenly, and we deal with significant labored breathing. Pneumonia makes it very hard to breathe. Our breath becomes very shallow. That is why we use ventilators to help us breathe. But if no ventilators are available at the hospital for us, because too many are ill, this is a situation we will need to face. All those who have been regularly listening to my podcast know that I am a proponent of the emotional freedom technique. EFT, or tapping as it is known, helps to calm the body of emotional and physical trauma. It brings us to a place of peace so we can deal with whatever is going on. 
I believe that all of us need to learn EFT as a tool to help us through the most difficult situations in life. And if we are confronted with the possibility of dying and death, and we have no one at the hospital or at home with us, it would do us well to know EFT so we could help ourselves through that difficult time. I also believe that even if we are too weak to tap on our meridian lines, if we visualize doing the tapping rounds and whisper the words to ourselves, we will benefit from it to calm ourselves. If we are at home and are with others in the home, they can actually tap for us on our bodies. I realize this topic can be very disconcerting. I realize that no one likes to talk about our last days. But my friend, it would be foolhardy to not consider this possibility during this worldwide pandemic. And if you find yourself alone, perhaps feeling unloved, I want you to find comfort in knowing that you have been loved. Just think back to all the things you did in your life for someone else. All the things you said to comfort someone else. I want you to start a section in your gratitude journal, maybe starting in the back and working your way forward. Whatever works for you. Write all the nice things, thoughtful things, selfless things you did for others over your lifetime. You showed them love, and even if they never knew their problem was solved by you, and even if they never said thank you, and even if it's been years since you recalled how and who you helped, they were grateful for your love and kindness and care. Remember those times. Record those times in your journal. Record all those little times. Fill up your journal with them. You have done acts of all kinds of kindness over your life, and now it's time to remember them. Because I believe when it's our time to die and we reach heaven, those lovely souls will greet us and remind us just how much of a difference you made in their world. And if you are able, go to my blog on episode 18 on my site, marymac.info, and leave a story on how you help someone and what you would like to say before you leave us, if that's the case. I want you to know how amazing you are. Your life matters, and it has mattered. Whether this is your time, or not. Do think about what I've said. Replay this if it was just too much for you the first time around. I completely understand. Think about, if you were to die, what the ramifications of your death would be for your family and friends. What might you do now to swiftly put provisions in place? for your spouse, your children, and others. Say everything you want to say. And if you can't say it, then write it out, everything you want to say, and have it delivered. 
There is no time like the present. I wish you a long and happy life. I wish that you and your family will make it out of this pandemic unscathed. And this will be a time you'll tell generations to come all about. But just in case it isn't, sit with yourself and consider your plan now. I realize this sounds so morbid, but we just never know. So I'm sending you hugs and great big wishes for a long life surrounded by all those you love. So now, let's get up and have a little fun. Topics like this are really hard. It's time to enjoy the music and dance, dance, dance. And if you're questioning why I'm asking you to do this, don't think about it. Just get up anyway. Thank you for joining me today. Continue to write the five things you're most grateful for each night in your gratitude journal. Review, rate, and subscribe to my podcast wherever you may be listening to me. Please learn EFT to help you with all your emotions and pain. I'll leave the links in the show notes. And remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak to you again soon.